bench mob. Uh, that's, all, that's all I can say. That's bench mob. That's what we expect from the second unit, and uh, that's what we're capable of. I started off on the defensive end. That was the focus in practice. That was the focus in the film. And I wanted to get off to a better start. And once, we, once I saw we got off to a better start, then they just fired up the, the bench unit, and we're like, okay, all right. Put our, our hard hats on and got out there and continued to bring the defense energy. I think we just executed our game plan mainly. We had fun. We ran. I think defense was the biggest thing we, we uh, adjusted, and it allowed us to get buckets in transition. Hey, Rip City. This is Anthony Simons, and it's time to open the briefcase with Casey Hodo. Greetings, Blizzard fans, and welcome to the briefcase. Episode 72 of the briefcase. I am your host, Casey Holdall, and that was Jabari Walker discussing the play of the team and specifically the bench mob in Portland's win versus the Kings Tuesday night at Moda Center. It was not only Portland's best home win of the season, it might have been their best win period considering the circumstances. And it was arguably the best game of Jabari's career and unequivocally the best performance of rookie Scoot Henderson and Duop Reith, while all three combined to do something not seen in Portland in over 30 years. We'll talk about Tuesday's win, look at the upcoming back-to-back versus the Spurs, see how the remix are going to finish out their 2023, and check in on Portland's record versus the spread on this edition of The Briefcase. After losing to the Warriors in San Francisco on Christmas Eve Eve, the Trailblazers, after having a couple days off for the holiday, got back on the winning side of things, something they haven't unfortunately been able to do a whole lot in the month of December, with a 130-113 victory versus the Sacramento Kings Tuesday night at Moda Center. Blazers got off to a great start, Something that we've talked about a lot for this team is getting off to bad starts was not the case on Tuesday. It actually wasn't the case versus the Warriors either, though the Warriors ended up pulling away. But this time, it was the Blazers that pulled away versus the Kings in the second half. De'Aaron Fox scored 43 points. Demonis Sabonis scored 34 points. But other than that, no Sacramento players scored in double figures, and the rest of the Kings shot a combined 15 of 48 from the field. Chauncey Billups talked a lot about the team's defense to start the game and how he feels like the Blazers play better offensively when they start out playing better defensively, which a lot of coaches will tell you, and which obviously has some truth to it as well. And we saw that Tuesday night, the Blazers coming out with a different level of intensity on the defensive end, and it really paid off on the other side of the ball for them as well. Anthony Simons led the Blazers with 29 points on 12 of 25 shooting from the field and 5 of 12 shooting from three to go with four rebounds and three assists in 34 minutes. Malcolm Brogdon, who is still starting in place of Shaden Sharp, who is out again with that abductor issue, had 19 points, six assists, and five rebounds in 29 minutes. And Jeremy Grant, five of 10 from the field for 13 points, two rebounds, and two assists. So great production from the starters, but Tuesday's game is really about Portland's bench mob. They've been a good unit all season long, but they're really starting to develop a chemistry and an expectation that when they come into games, you know what you're going to get from that group, and what you're getting from that group right now is great production. You had Jabari Walker, 17 points on 6 of 8 shooting from the field, 6 rebounds in 22 minutes. Jabari coming out playing phenomenal basketball, particularly early on in games. Jabari bringing that energy that you need off the bench, particularly when the team looks like they're a little deficient in that when it comes to starting out games. And he's really having success just being competitive, going hard. Going, crashing the glass whenever he has the opportunity to. Chauncey Billups talks a lot about Jabari's competitiveness, his competitive nature, and how it has an effect on that bench unit, and he is absolutely right about that. I feel like Jabari over the last couple weeks has been phenomenal, and that's something too that Chauncey talked about. More and more, it seems like this is the player that Jabari is, not so much a good game that Jabari is having. So while 17 points and six rebounds, neither one of those career highs for Jabari, I think you can make the case that that was actually his best game, particularly early on. He came out and really set the tone for that bench unit. Scoot Henderson, 
doing the same thing as well. Also 17 points on 6 of 15 shooting from the field, a career high 11 assists, but far more importantly for me, just one turnover in 28 minutes. And that turnover didn't come until I think his 23rd or 22nd minute in the game. Really liking what we're seeing from Scoot lately. The game's really starting to slow down for him. He's understanding what he needs to do in terms of his hesitation, in terms of his starts and stops, in terms of getting to the rim, in terms of creating for other guys. He's done a fantastic job. He's also hitting shots at a better clip these days too. Teams now that just lay off Scoot, as most teams are still doing, he's making them pay. Not a ton just yet, but just enough to keep those teams honest. I really feel like Scoot has making some great progress. As I mentioned, the game is starting to slow down for him. And I think we're seeing more and more in that bench unit that Scoot is really kind of figuring out what it means to be a point guard in the NBA. Some point in time, he's going to get that chance at the starting lineup again, but he's been a great part of that bench mob right now and Portland is getting some great production out of Scoot because he's coming off the bench. And then, of course, you had Duop Reith. Moses Brown got the start with DeAndre Ayton sitting out due to knee tendonitis, but Duop would play 32 minutes and post career highs with 29 points and nine rebounds, five of those rebounds coming on the offensive glass, also went three of six from three, drawing the Kings out of the paint, something that's really important for the Blazers, particularly for guys like Scoot, guys like Ant. If they want to have a chance to get to the rim, they need someone who's able to pull the defense out a little bit. Duop Reith, one of the few guys on this team that can shoot from deep with size. He's a guy that can pull guys out of that paint and really open things up for his teammates. But Duop just on his own, having a really nice run. I think we've seen over and over and over again, Duop is an NBA player. He's on a two-way right now. I would imagine at some point in time that might change, but he is a guy at 27 years old, well into his basketball career, but just starting his NBA career. And I think you really have to give him credit for what he's been able to accomplish in such a short amount of time. A guy who played in a couple summer leagues with a couple different teams, never managed to make it onto the regular squad. He is doing that now with the Blazers and giving them something they absolutely need. Also getting the briefcase bounce, doo-wop, as you probably know if you subscribe to this podcast with our most recent guests. Go ahead and listen to that if you haven't already. Great perspective from doo about his basketball journey. And he just continues. He keeps walking his path, as he's talked about. Also talked about how, while the variables may be different, the formula is the same. He's been using that mentality to have success with the Blazers right now, doing a great job, loving what we're seeing out of doo-wop. He became just the third Blazers rookie to record 25 points and nine rebounds off the bench, joining Arvidas Sabonis and Bill Walton. Those are two Hall of Famers, two of the best big men in Trailblazers history. Doo-wop having his name mentioned with those guys, particularly for a guy on a two-way contract, that's pretty impressive. He was also the first rookie since Sabonis to put up 25 points and nine rebounds with at least three three-pointers. Getting 25 points off the bench with 50% shooting from the three-point line from a guy like Duop Reith, particularly when DeAndre Ayton is out, could not win that game versus the Kings without that effort from Duop. Love to see it. Hope we're going to see more of that from Duop. And I think, you know, Chauncey Billups even talked after the game that you know, kind of some tough love saying that he's been working with Duop a lot. And one of the things that he's been talking to him about is that like, hey, when you're open, you have to shoot the ball. Why are we putting you out there if you're going to turn down open shots? That's what you're out there to do. Take those shots, which on one hand, you probably want to hear as a player, but on the other hand too, you know, basically saying like, hey, if you're not doing the thing that we need you to do, we're going to find somebody else to do it. A little bit of a kick in the pants there as well, I would imagine. Something that Chauncey Billups, I think, as his team has struggled a little bit, being a little more honest with his interpretations and with his discussions about what the team is doing. And I think a young team like the Blazers really does respond well to that. 
So between the efforts of Duop, Scoot, and Jabari, Tuesday's game was the first time since 1993 that the Blazers had at least three players come off the bench to score at least 17 points in a victory. The last time it happened, Harvey Grant, Rod Strickland, and Cliff Robinson each scored 22 points in a 109-102 victory versus the Lakers on November 9th, 1993. Thanks to Tom Haberstroh for that stat. So the bench mob getting it done, leading the Blazers to a victory versus the Kings, just their second victory in the month of December. And again, against a very good Kings team, a team that was heavily favored going into that game, particularly after the Blazers lost the game versus the Warriors. I don't know a whole lot of people saw that they would come in and do what they were able to do to the Kings. They had a phenomenal effort. It started on the defensive end, but shooting over 50% from the field as well. It was a big deal on the offensive end as well. Great win for the Blazers. Hopefully they can build on it as they finish out 2023. And as for how the Blazers will close out 2023, they finished off the calendar year by hosting the San Antonio Spurs in an all-home back-to-back at Moda Center on Thursday and Friday before having Saturday and Sunday off and then leaving on a two-week road trip starting with the Suns on the first day of 2024. Reports out of San Antonio are that rookie Victor Wembanyama will only play in one of the two games, though we don't know which game, if it'll be Thursday's game or Friday's game. We might get a little bit of clarity about that when the injury report is released on Wednesday afternoon, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they just listed him questionable or doubtful for both games and then had him play as a game-time decision. Be nice to know for those of you who are trying to figure out which one of those games you would like to come to, maybe come to both. It's not especially difficult to get into a Blazer game these days. We'd love to have you. Your chance to see one of the bright young stars in the NBA at Moda Center. I suggest you take it. The Blazers have yet to win consecutive games at home this season, so you would hope, if you do come to those games, that maybe you'll have one more chance to see that happen before, as I mentioned, the team heads out for a two-week trip in January and then spends more time on the road in January even after that trip. So if they're going to win consecutive games at home anytime soon, Thursday's game after beating the Kings is the best chance to do it. Let's see if they can. All right, moving on, checking in on the Rip City Remix. Both Rian Rupert and Chris Murray are both on assignment with the Remix right now, who went 1-1 one one during the G League Winter Showcase in Orlando. And after a week off, they returned to action on Thursday with a game versus the Kings in Stockton. That is the Stockton Kings. Once again, my call to make G League teams different names than their actual NBA teams. Kings, maybe figure out another thing to call your G League team. You don't need to be the Stockton Kings. You make it more difficult for me. But they are playing the Kings in Stockton before finishing out 2023 by hosting the Delaware Bluecoats. See, now that's a good G League name. Saturday and Sunday at UP. If you're in town, want to make sure you see the remix before the end of the year. Saturday and Sunday's game are a great chance to do that. I believe 3 o'clock and 1 p.m. start times. No Blazer games either one of those days. So you don't have to worry about missing those. Come up to the peninsula, check out the remix in their final games of 2023 before the calendar turns to 2024, which is pretty meaningless, but I just like to talk about the calendar year turning over. Even though the NBA season spans multiple years, it always feels like maybe there's just a little something there in terms of the calendar year changing over. There's probably not, but as a writer, you like to think that there is. Long story short, check out the remix this weekend. All right, checking out on Portland's offensive and defensive ratings, which we're tracking all season long here on The Briefcase. The Blazers are now 27th in offensive rating, which is unchanged from last week, at 109.1 points scored per 100 possessions, which is actually an improvement of a little over a point per 100 possessions, even though their ranking didn't change. But on the other side of the ball, the Blazers are now 18th in defensive rating, two spots worse than last week, at 115.2 points allowed per 100 possessions. 
Chauncey's talked a lot about Portland's defense falling off a bit even after wins, so you know it's something he's keeping a very close eye on. He might actually prefer the Blazers to play better defense and lose at this point than to see the defense take a step back in a win. Though Tuesday's game, in which Phillips talked about their defense leading to better offense, as I mentioned, is likely his preference. And in terms of net rating, Portland is 26th, one spot worse than last week at minus 6.1. And to throw a few more numbers at you, the Blazers are now 14 and 15 versus the spread this season after going two and two in their last four games. They were seven and a half point dogs versus the Suns and one by five. They were four and a half point favorites versus the Wizards and lost by one. They were eight point dogs to the Warriors and lost by 20. And they were eight and a half point dogs to the Kings and won by 17. The Blazers have now been favored only twice this season, once versus the Jazz and once, as I mentioned, versus the Wizards. And they've turned in arguably their worst performances in both of those games. So here's hoping that they aren't favored for the rest of the season. Now that they have been favored, it's something that I can just let go. I don't have to talk about it anymore. I'm not going to talk about it anymore because it seems like when they are favored, they don't play very well. Just like when it seems like they're double-digit dogs, they actually do play well. Which, for a young team, I can kind of understand that. But either way, Blazers have not performed well when entering the game as favorites. So to heck with it. Who needs to be a favorite? Let them be underdogs for the rest of the season. And that is going to do it for this edition of The Briefcase. Thank you so much for joining me, as always. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also check out The Blazers Balcony with Brooke Olsendam. Like and subscribe wherever you get that podcast as well. Wherever you get your podcasts, just load up all the Trailblazers podcasts into them. Teams going out for a long road trip after these two games. We'll have some podcasts from the road, maybe even one or two before we head back out. But until then, once again, thank you for joining me. We'll talk again soon. Go Blazers. Go Blazers.